Welcome to the 3D Dynasty Podcast. We're going to talk about the NFC West today. We're going to recap the entire offseason, go over their free agency, as well as go through their draft. We're also going to do the Mike Clay projections for 2023. Talk about some trade targets and some sneaky stashes. Thanks for checking in. We'll see you in a little bit. What's going on, guys? This is the 3D Dynasty Podcast on Sports Gambling Podcast Network, brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Sports is back with Circus Survivor and Circus Millions Contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circusports.com. All right, we're going to talk about the NFC West. This is a, a very interesting division. We saw the Rams go from Super Bowl champs to one of the worst teams in the league. The Cardinals were really, really good. Now they're really, really bad. Seattle <laughs> traded Russ. They were supposed to stink. They made the playoffs. Chino Smith, good at football, at least for last year. And then you have the 49ers who were a quarterback. They do their 49ers away. thing. They were a quarterback away from the, the Super Bowl last year. Every year it's been an issue. And now um, they have three quarterbacks. We don't know who's going to be the starters. So, Let's let's talk about that. I want to get straight into it, and so we're going to start out. No, I went I went and talked about the the NFC uh, West. We're talking about the NFC South today. Um, a little under the weather. Uh, so Atlanta Falcons. This team, this division, did not even have a single team above five hundred last year, and the team that was above five hundred, they lost their their Hall of Fame quarterback. And they're going to be pretty bad this year, the Tampa Bay Bucks. But the Atlanta Falcons, apologize, guys. The Atlanta Falcons, they start Desmond Ritter at quarterback this year. At least that's what's expected. And Desmond Ritter is expected to be a QB 31, according to Mike Clay. So, Brad, what are your thoughts about Desmond Ritter as I look up the recap? I think the one thing that kind of jumps out to me is the rushing upside. You know, he does have some legs on him. He did run a little bit in Cincinnati and we're, and we saw what Arthur Smith and the Atlanta Falcons wanted to do last year uh, with Marcus Mariota at the helm. They wanted to try to run the ball a little bit and they still have that. Now he's not as athletic as Marcus Mariota. Don't, don't get me wrong, but. I still think he has that facet to his game. So I would expect his rushing floor to be a little bit higher. I don't want him to be my starting QB2 in Superflex. Uh, but if the rest of your team is strong, you could still possibly contend with him because I don't think he's going to kill you. I don't think he's going to turn the ball over a ton. I believe his stretch towards the end of the season, those last three or four games, I don't think he threw an interception. Um, so I, I want to see more of that. They've got Drake London. They've got Kyle Pitts healthy. They added Bijan. They've got a little bit of an offense around him that I think he could thrive a little bit. But if he's your QB three, I'm really happy. QB two with a stronger team, you can still contend. Yeah, I mean, looking at his college career, he threw 30, 30 touchdowns passing his senior year. He had 28 rushing touchdowns during his career and over 2,000 rushing yards. So this guy has, has – all of the tools to be a good, solid fantasy performer. And you look at Ryan Tannehill and what he was able to do under Arthur Smith in Tennessee, something like that. You're not looking at Lamar Jackson type of rushing, but you are looking at someone that can rush, especially in the red zone with that play action, with all the weapons they have to very strong offensive line. And I think everybody that has Drake London and Kyle Pitts is excited about Desmond Ritter. And Marcus Mariota set the bar pretty low. So you're just excited that the guy's actually, you know, getting it to where these guys with seven foot wingspans can put their arms on it. Um, but last year there were so many uncatchable passes and targets 
that it was really hard for Drake London and Kyle Pitts to do anything. Even though they were getting targets, they were really uncatchable, and that was a big problem. This this definitely changed when Desmond took over. You saw Drake London. I know Kyle Pitts was out, but Drake London came on really strong at the end of the season. So let's recap their draft real quick. So they got a B-plus for their draft. I said that no one's going to take a running back in the top 10. Atlanta did. Proved us Arthur, wrong, didn't they? Yeah. Arthur Smith said, you know what? I'm going to go get B. John Robinson. And we saw what he did with Derrick Henry. And if this guy goes and gives him that type of workload, you could see a number number five overall fantasy season this year. Then you had Matthew Bergeron, guard, played tackle in college, very athletic, a little bit shorter arms, move him into guard. They the PFF really liked that pick. Then you have Zach Harrison, edge. Then you have Clark Phillips. He's a, a, a corner. He's a nickel corner. You have uh, DeMarco Helms. And then you have Javon Gwynn. Um, this was a B-plus draft. Brad, other than Bijan, there's not really much offense there. But let's talk about the running backs. Yeah, hey, uh, the first number that jumps out to me is the 2,100 just combined rushing yardage for the team. Uh, they had 2,700 yards last year with Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson, and Caleb Huntley. Uh, running the ball. Now they did have through 400 yards from Marcus Mariota too, but that number, when you add a guy as dynamic as Bijan Robinson, 246 carries on a run first team just doesn't seem like it makes sense to me. They, I see way too many carries as good as Tyler Algier played 150 touches. That's still a, that's still a draftable guy in dynasty. If he's getting that kind of volume, behind Bijan. I just don't see it. Uh, I think Bijan is going to dominate the carries uh, with a much larger split than that. And I really like that 50, uh, 50 receive receptions for Bijan as well. It's a, a very solid part of his game. And so I, I just want to see that number up a little bit. Uh, if I could see him around that 1300 yards, uh, just again, because of the volume I expect him to get, I'd feel a little more comfortable. Yeah. And it is with 14 games. Um, but you are still looking at over 300 touches, which is is a lot. Um, you know, this is not uh, DeMarco Murray, um, Dallas Cowboys kind of a touch, but it is a lot. Um, and as far as their, their offseason, they were very busy and aggressive. Jesse Bates was a big signing safety out of Cincinnati. Then you had uh, Calais Campbell came over, defensive lineman. Tay Davis, linebacker from the Giants. Bud Dupree couple years off the ACL injury. He hasn't been the same since Pittsburgh, but they got him on a cheap deal as a flyer. Caden Ellis, linebacker from the Giants. Joe Cazanio, Ethan Greenridge, Taylor Heineke, quarterback. They have him playing four games. I think that really throws off Desmond Ritter's numbers there. I think Desmond Ritter is going to be closer to QB 24 than QB 30, 31. Um, and, and part of that in here is baked in because of Taylor Heineke. Then you have uh, Scotty Miller, Joshua Miles, Mike Hughes, Mac Holland, so two two um, receivers, Jeff Okuda via trade, and then they had David uh, Omayato. This is a big big signing from the Saints, and the GM is very familiar with him. And that was a big one. Janu Smith and Eddie Goldman, they really went after the defense, and they've yeah, used, they you know, the, the philosophy of draft one side of the ball and then buy the other. And so what they did in free in the last couple of years, top 10 pick Kyle Pitts, top 10 pick Drake London, top 10 pick Bijan Robinson, the linemen, they, they got several linemen. They drafted another lineman this year, all draft picks, Desmond Ritter draft picks defense. They've went and they went and bought a defense or tried to buy a defense they should be much better this year. I think they're a sneaky pick to win this division. I don't think they're going to go win 12 games. They're going to do it dirty. It's going to be eight or nine wins, but I think it's them and the Saints, and just whoever loses less games will be the winner of the NFC South, not West. This this isn't a defensive show, but Atlanta added the pieces that if they mesh together well – that could be a pretty challenging defense to play against when you got guys like Calais Campbell, 
at the front. You got guys like Jesse Bates in the back now. They still have some really young, super talented guys in the middle of that field as well. So it'll be a very interesting uh, thing to 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 see happen. So, um, but hey, we're talking projections. We project every day. When you're betting, you take those projections into account in your futures. Well, you got to check out Circa Sports. They're currently running the Circa Millions and Circa Survivor with up to $14 million in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. You can enter in Vegas or you can play from anywhere. And SGPN will be out there the last weekend in August. So check it out. If you're looking for the details, go to CircaSports.com. Again, that's CircaSports.com. Yeah, and there's not much else to talk about with the receivers. Let's be honest. I think Bijan Robinson is probably going to be the number three target on this team, and Kyle Pitts is the second receiver on this team. Um, Jonu Smith, a lot was said about that move. Um, you know, Brad, I know we talked about – well, let's talk about Drake London for just a second. So Drake London is a vol- – that's a very polarizing player. Um, I have a show that I like a lot. And they poke shots at Drake London every show. Um, they really do not like him. And in the situation, and part of the rationale behind it is because they have a mediocre or below average quarterback right now. They're potentially, you know, potentially going to be a middle of the road team, and they may have to ride it out with Desmond Ritter for a little bit. And that is not exciting. And I get that. And unless they could pull a, a trade for somebody, I have heard some uh, Trey Lance rumors. Um, but if, unless they can pull a trade for somebody, it's hard to see them drafting uh, a, a top end quarterback at you know fifteen, sixteen in the in the the draft. So, what are your thoughts on Drake London here? Um, he's he's wide receiver twenty nine. You're gonna have to pay more than that in a dynasty to get him. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Drake London? If you, in dynasty startup, are you targeting him? Or are you just you pass? Hundred percent target for me. Hundred percent. If if I can buy him right now at his current price, I'm I'm gonna pay it. I, he is a guy that I want on my team. He is extremely talented. I've preached Matt Harmon reception perception. If you don't have a subscription, you need to get one and go check it out. Uh, look, this dude is a legitimate wide receiver, and I don't buy into these narratives about. Well, he's got subpar quarterback play. Okay, Baker Mayfield is subpar, and you saw him produce a top-12 season out of Jarvis Landry. Um, You saw Tyler Heineke, a guy on this squad, play for Washington and produce top-tier talent with uh, Terry McLaurin. So this that that subpar quarterback, somebody has to catch the ball. And I'm sorry, is Mac Collins going to take targets away from Drake London? (laughs) No. He's a journeyman. He's been all over the place. Kaderil Hodge? No. Scotty Miller, Frank Darby, Penny. I don't even know who Penny Hart is. I've been playing Dynasty for a long time, and I don't even know who this cat is. You can't tell me that Drake London is not the alpha target getter. And if you go and look at the last four games of the season, he averaged nine targets and 80 yards a game. And that's the first four games that Desmond Ritter ever played in the NFL. Now he didn't touch he didn't catch a touchdown pass but again that's the first four games of a rookie quarterback who was drafted in the third round. Now he's got a full offseason where we know he's the starter, another offseason of work with Drake London. I now look, I'm not saying Drake London's top 12 this year or anything like that, but you need to buy him now because his price is going to go up throughout the season and next year that third year jump or that year three breakout that is still a true thing, an aspect of the wide receiver position is going to come to fruition and you're not going to be able to afford it at that point. Yeah. It's a very similar narrative to Traylon Burks. And a lot of people want to say that Traylon Burks is, you know, he's the number one on his team already. And, you know, they want to put him over a lot of these other receivers that are number twos, but then they want to fade Drake London um, and I think they're they're probably should be similarly priced, similar situations. And uh, at least we know Dustin Ritter, you know, um, he's got a couple snaps under his belt. We don't know what it's going to look like with Will Levis uh, when he gets on there. Will Levis could be an upgrade or a downgrade to Ryan Tannehill. We're not sure. So uh, Kyle Pitts, 
they got him projected to be the wide the tight end six overall. Uh, four four touchdowns, fifty five receptions, eight hundred twenty seven yards. Obviously, that's not going to be good enough for the dynasty community. You need to pump those numbers up at least like twenty four touchdowns, and maybe they'll be happy. But Brad, did you say twenty four touchdowns? Yeah, at least. Um, I mean, they're just they're <laughs> not going to be. I might happy. be okay with that. They're, they're, they're not going to be happy unless Kyle Pitts gets at least 2,000 yards receiving. Yeah. Um, so what are your what are your thoughts here on, on Kyle Pitts? I know that he's pretty much um, – he's got insulated value and you can't really attain him for anything, you know, decent. But, you know, tight end six, that's what he finished rookie year. That's pretty damn good. And it doesn't take a lot to get there um, with the, this production. Is he worth the cost? Uh, I hope so. I'm just not willing to pay it right now. The only share of Kyle Pitts that I've been able to do is in a contract league that I d- it was not a good deal, but the contract years played into it, I'm sure, a little bit because the guy was able to get Bijan Robinson and I got Kyle Pitts and Jalen Waddle out of it. Like, that's it. I didn't pay up the two or three firsts that most dynasty owners are looking for, for Kyle Pitts, even after two quote unquote disappointing years, which is crazy to me that we think that his first two years in the league at the tight end position, which we know is one of the most difficult offensive positions to roll into because you're in multiple different meetings every week and they're still disappointed with it. I I think he's a stud I think there's nowhere for his value to go but down, though, unfortunately. I know that sounds crazy to say, but his his value's already peaked. Like, what you're paying for Kyle Pitts is what you were paying for Travis Kelsey at his peak. So I, that's, the, that's the tough part about Pitts. I can't pay for him right now. But if you can manage to get a hold of him, you're not going to be disappointed with the guy. Maybe he doesn't blow the you know blow your socks off this year with Desmond Ritter and a run first offense with Arthur Smith but he he is a solid solid football player and you got to if you get if you get lucky and get him go get him yeah and he's he's going to be the number 2 in targets on his team and most tight ends are at least 3 or 4 on the depth chart um real quick I want to tell you about this show is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy and all of us absolutely love playing it so it's our favorite sponsor just kidding. It is one of our favorite sponsors. <laughs> We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here. And Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many so many ways to win over at Underdog. And Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. I don't know if Underdog is available where you are, Brad, but I'm traveling this weekend. If I'm in the passenger seat, probably going to do a couple of best ball drafts and see where I can go. So what's the I next? Was, I was very disappointed. I'm on vacation still. I'm heading to New York tomorrow for a golf tournament this weekend, and I'm back to reality again. But I'm in Connecticut, and Underdog, if you're listening, I really need you to get the ball rolling with Connecticut here because I spent two weeks that I could have been spending a bunch of money doing – underdog drafts and i couldn't do a single one so i'm ready to get home that way on my lunch break at work or something i might be able to fit a couple underdog drafts and fast drafts uh but i'm ready to rock so who do we got next all right let's move on to the carolina panthers so to, to give their offseason recap real quick um of course it's gonna move around on me uh, as far as the, the carolina panthers they had a very busy offseason. This this team, um, obviously, it starts with Bryce Young and what they what they did there. Um, but as far as the you know free agency, you you have the, the change of the coaches. You got you, know, you have Frank Wright coming over, bringing his staff over there. They added Von Bell, Demir Bird, DJ Chark, Andy Dalton, Camu Gruger Hill. Hayden Hurst, Justin McCray, Eric Rowe, Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, Shy Tuttle, Deshaun Williams, and John Pensini, B-plus from PFF. And then you go to their draft, and it all starts with the huge trade 
where they traded DJ Moore, pick nine, their 2024 first, and some other picks for Bryce Hall. Or not Bryce Hall, Bryce Young. And so you get Bryce Young, Jonathan Mingo, DJ Johnson, Edge, Chandler Zavala, guard, and then you get Jamie Robinson, safety. This is a B-plus draft for the Panthers. What are your thoughts here on Bryce Young? They have him finishing as the you know, QB 25 and starting majority of the season. Do you think he starts week one? Yeah, I think he does. I, I, I just I get it. A lot of times your rookie quarterbacks don't start until a couple weeks in. Uh, even if they are the number one, you think about, you know, I go to my Browns fandom and Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick, didn't come in until Tyrod Taylor got hurt in the middle of week three. Uh, and then never look back after that. Yeah, that's a potential, but I just think Bryce Young is already head and shoulders above what Andy Dalton's going to be able to do uh, for that team. I think they've got a running back in Miles Sanders that they can lean on the run a little bit to really kind of ease Bryce Young in. Uh, so I, I do think he starts week one uh, and you see a 17-game stint pending injuries uh, out of Bryce Young. So Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, that is what it comes down to in your – it's that's that's what it comes down to in your superflex rookie drafts. You're looking at it, it's gonna go Bijan and Anthony Richardson one two. You're looking at Jameer Gibbs, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. What are you doing? Uh Bryce Young is is the next one for me. I just I have a little more faith in the coaching staff with the Carolina Panthers, and as much as I love D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, knowing where he kind of came up through the coaching ranks makes me wonder if C.J. Stroud is going to be able to just light the world on fire like we would hope some of these rookie quarterbacks can, whereas we know the offensive mind of Frank Reich. We've seen him in operation in Philadelphia. We've seen him with a couple veteran quarterbacks in, in Indianapolis and what he was able to do with them. So I really think that Bryce Young is just a little bit ahead of C.J. Stroud for me, just, again, because of that coaching staff. And and, and your startups, the Superflex startups, you're looking at Bryce Young versus Tua, Bryce Young versus Daniel Jones, Bryce Young versus Kirk Cousins, um, Geno Smith, Jared Goff. Are, are you putting Bryce Young above, above all those guys? No, I'm actually probably putting him a little bit in the middle. I'd still rather have Daniel Jones and Tua over him right now. I just the the we know what those guys are right now. They've got solid coaching staffs. They've got good offenses. They've they got, they've got good pieces around them. Um, now, where I put him in the middle is above guys like Kirk Cousins. Right um, now, granted, Kirk Cousins likely is going not likely will outproduce him this season. Uh, you know barring any kind of craziness that happens. Um, but I can't in dynasty go with that 32, 33 year old quarterback uh, when Bryce young is staring at me right there, right. From just from a dynasty perspective, it doesn't make sense to go there. Uh, and you end up in that, okay, I'm going to try to win this year. And then I'm screwed in a year or two when Kirk cousins is his contracts up and he's becomes kind of a journeyman quarterback at that point. Yeah. And so then go to the running backs. You got Miles Sanders who, Got a very good, very good contract in terms of the running back situation. And he goes there. Um, he was not there in Philadelphia with Frank Reich, but he was there with Deuce Staley. And so Deuce Staley, I feel like Miles Sanders is going to be unleashed. I know he was very efficient last year, and a lot of that has to do with Jalen Hurts and that offense. You're going to see that. J.K. Dobbins is extremely efficient runner. That's because the defense is just so worried about Lamar Jackson has something to do with it. Yep. We're going to see Miles Sanders in a more traditional set setting, and I think that the Carolina Panthers are going to use him quite a bit. Do they still, you know, put you know Chuba Hubbard in there a little bit? I think so. Um, but you're looking at 200 carries, and you're looking at 50 targets. That right there is you know, maybe a floor um, with 250, um, but between 250 and 300 touches and a top 24 running back. What do you think about Miles Sanders? I mean, he's pretty good value in your dynasty drafts. 
he's great value because I think RB22, like you said, I'm going to say that's his floor. I, I just think the the volume is going to go through him when I take a look at the pass catchers in the, on this team. You got guys like Adam Thielen, you know, 33 or 34 years old. Jonathan Mingo, a rookie who's going to have to get eased in a little bit. Some unproven guys in Terrace Marshall and LaVisca Chanel, Shy Smith. And then DJ Shark, who I also agree is most likely the lead target getter on this team. But I see Miles Sanders as that second guy for Bryce Young to kind of look towards. And when I see 36 catches, I look more at Miles Sanders' rookie season when he was in Philly with Deuce Staley, where he had 50 catches, not 50 targets, 50 catches. That's more the realm of possibility I see with Miles Sanders because of the fact that you've got a rookie quarterback and you don't really have the proven pass catchers. Now, I know Adam Thielen's proven veteran, blah, 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 but he's old, man. He's not the same player that he was in Minnesota two or three seasons ago. So I, I think you're going to see a little bit more passing volume go to Miles Sanders, uh, which is going to bump him up the ranks quite a bit. But I do agree his efficiency probably is going to drop a little bit because you don't have that rushing threat necessarily from Bryce Young that you have with guys like Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, so um, any anybody else in that running back room you're interested in? No, not really. I mean, I yes, I agree. Uh, Chubba Hubbard is the, the handcuff for the backup, uh, but it's not a guy. I'd rather see if he's on waivers when it happens and spend all my fab to get him than spend a spot on him right now. Now you're looking at the receivers, and so there's a lot of conversation of how are they going to deploy this group because it's it's a, a lot of guys that you could probably say it's kind of a, all right, who's going to win these spots and how they are deployed is going to affect their fantasy value. Adam Thielen right now in his career, I think is going to be very difficult if he is an outside receiver. He is not creating the same type of separation. He doesn't have the same kind of juice that he had a few years ago, but then you have Jonathan Mingo who's played almost exclusively in the slot. Terrace Marshall he played outside when Justin Jefferson came into the league. He moved into the slot. He went to the NFL, and he's been playing on the outside. And so you got a bunch of guys that have played well in the slot. Who's going to be kicked outside? Who's going to be playing on the inside? DJ Chark, I think, is going to be the X receiver in this offense. I think he's going to be locked and loaded on the outside. And then you're going to see who's going to be on the right. Is it going to be? Terrace Marshall, or is it going to be Adam Thielen? And then where's Jonathan Mingo going to play? And how much, how many snaps does he get early? Um, and Mike Clay's got it to where Terrace Marshall's the odd man out. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. Because to me, if I look at now, I'm very biased here, so I'll get to because I've got a sleeper out of this group as well, or a, a deep dynasty stash out of these six guys. I agree. DJ Shark is the X. Uh, your your second receiver, your second outside guy, I think you're going to see a mix of Adam Thielen and they're going to start to kind of introduce Jonathan Mingo into, into the mix. But I think those two are going to be splitting snaps on that secondary wide receiver. And I think you're going to see the same thing with the slot. I think you're going to see, depending on where the, the offense is, you're going to see either Terrace Marshall or you're going to see Shai Smith. And if you think about Frank Reich and his time in, in Indianapolis, he liked those speedy slot guys, you know, whether it's Paris Campbell and what he was able to do with a 700-yard season when healthy with the Indianapolis Colts last season. I think Shai Smith is a guy that can do some similar things there. He can create a lot of separation in the slot. So he's my deep dynasty stash out of these guys. Um Jonathan Mingo, he's a rookie. I don't expect to see a ton of utilization here. This feels pretty close when you're looking at 50 catches, 600 yards, something like that, which is an excellent rookie season. Don't get me wrong, but he's not a guy that I'm excited to have in my flex or anything like that. Uh, DJ Shark, I think, is the only guy that I want in my starting lineup from a week-to-week basis, and even then, he's a flex play to me. Yeah, and no official rosters are out, and really no unofficial rosters are out. The way our lads has it is Adam Thielen in the slot with uh, Smith behind him, Chenault and Chark on the outside, 
and Marshall and Mingo on the outside. I personally think Mingo is going to play in the slot. Um, I do think it's going to be a mixture of him and Thielen. He played almost exclusively out of the slot in, you know, at his time in, at Ole Miss. We'll see how it goes. As far as uh, LaVisca Chenault, is he just not even worth the roster spot anymore? Dead, dead, dead ski, as Beetlejuice says. What about Hayden Hurst? Last year, he was pretty uh, a pretty steady Eddie kind of guy. Didn't ever really win you a week, but he was always in that like 12 to 15 range, eight or nine points a week. And he gets a pretty decent contract here. A rookie quarterback is going to need a little little baby blanket, little safety blanket, and that could be Hayden Hurst. What do you think? Yeah, I you know, initially I was very excited for Hayden Hurst to to see that rookie quarterback. I've I've mild I've cooled off a little bit with him and mainly because of what my personal take is with Miles Sanders. When I think about Miles Sanders as that safety blanket coming out of the backfield, like we saw his rookie season, I think that's going to eat into some of the potential for Hayden Hurst. But I do still think you're going to see some good weeks out of Hayden Hurst. He is still a super athletic tight end. And like you said, some of the favorite targets of rookie quarterbacks are the tight end position. So if he can start to build some of that chemistry from Bryce Young, I do think he's going to be a serviceable late round tight end target for me in Dynasty. Yeah, and Hayden Hurst, I mean, if if you got a deep, deep roster, throw him on, you know, throw him on there. You might be able to stream him every every once in a while, but nobody else is I'm interested. Tommy Tremble, Ian Thomas, Steven Sullivan, not really interested. And really, my whole take on this, I'm a little worried about Bryce Young and how he's going to develop because of how this team is constructed. You had to trade very good assets to acquire Bryce Young. You had to trade DJ Moore. This roster would look a lot better with DJ Moore on it. You had to trade a future first-round pick. And sorry, Carolina, it's probably going to be a pretty early pick. And, you know, they finally did recoup some of those picks by trading Christian McCaffrey, and they were able to do that, but then they traded the house for Bryce Young. So it's going to be a little harder for Bryce Young with this crew. DJ Chark's on a one-year deal. Do you have a whole new group of receivers next year? Adam Thielen's on a one-year deal. Um, Terrace Marshall, I think, has got one more year left on his contract. LaVisca Chanel might be the last year of his deal. Shai Smith as well. And Hayden Hurst is on a, I think, couple-year deal. Yep. So who do we got next? Move on to the New Orleans Saints. We got the New Orleans Saints. And so let's talk about Derek Carr, and I'm going to look up their offseason moves. Yeah, uh, look, I've got, if you've listened to the show, you know I've got a huge amount of respect and love for Derek Carr. Uh, but he is going to a new team. He's learning a new offense at that. Going, I'm sure, a little bit of a challenge for him. Uh, historically speaking, it hasn't been a. It's typically not a great thing for these quarterbacks to change this late in their career. Now there are a couple exceptions there when you look at guys like Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford, but I just don't know that Derek Carr is on that level. Uh, so I am a little concerned. They do have a pretty decent offensive line. He does have some weapons uh, with Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara. They drafted Kendra Miller. Chris Olave, a great up-and-coming young stud wide receiver. Uh, and if Michael Thomas can return to any for any version of his prior self two to three years ago, I think that can be a huge benefit for Derek Carr. But I am fading just a little bit on him because I, I am a little worried just about the offense in general uh, and how it looks because it didn't really look great last year. Now I know they had a revolving carousel at the quarterback position and whatnot, but – I just don't know that the the play calling and the philosophy is necessarily going to be there with an aging Camara, a looming suspension for him. They could get off to a really cold start at the first half of the season that could look very bad for Derek Carr. Yeah, and, and their offseason, um, they got a C-plus from PFF. Uh, Jonathan Abram, Ebron Hugo Amadi, Derek Carr, they have Brian Edwards, Lonnie Johnson Jr., Storm Morton, Kalen Sanders, Nathan Shepard, and Jamal Williams. And so not really the most inspiring group. Um, 
probably lost more players than they gained as far as starters and things like that. You have the looming suspension potentially of Alvin Kamara. We'll talk about that here in a second. And then as far as their draft, uh, you know, they got Brian Bracey in the in the first round, D lineman out of Clemson, Isaiah Foskey, edge. So they attacked the you know the the off the defensive line. They got Kendra Miller, Nick Salaverdi, guard, Jake Hayner. They got Jordan uh, Howden, safety, and then A.T. Perry. And this draft was a B-minus from PFF. And so you're looking at a team that's – they've been really good for a really long time. Last year, not so good. Unfortunately, they didn't have their own first-round pick. Don't trade your own first-round picks in Dynasty. Things can change really quickly. And so – this right here, you have Derek Carr coming over. It's it's going to be a, a new system, a new team, um, but it is a division that I think Carr can can play well in. Um, and I think this you know this is a team that we talked about him going to the NFC South as being a likely spot. Um, and Carr is he's the the veteran guy out of this division. You look at the division of the NFC South. You have Desmond Ritter. Bryce Young, Baker Mayfield, and Derek Carr. A lot of people would say Derek Carr is the best quarterback in this division right now. Right now. I agree. I, I, I agree. And and that could lead to winning games. And winning games is, you know, it doesn't always equate to fancy production, but obviously is a good thing as far as Derek Carr staying on the field um, and, you know, maybe producing some fancy production. Interestingly enough, Mike Clay has Jamal Williams as the top fantasy running back. And this was before the news recently. 10 games. He is projecting a six to seven game suspension for Alvin Kamara. And then Kendra Miller, not really relevant year one. What are your thoughts on the backfield? Is Jamal Williams kind of going on the radar right now i he definitely is i now look is he gonna have what 17 touchdowns or whatever it was he had last year absolutely not uh i think rb32 is definitely within the realm of possibility with him i mean this team loves to run the ball that's that's what they like to do they're going to continue to try to do that i think you see that with the you know, them bringing in Jamal Williams, them dedicating a third round pick to Kendra Miller, who's a great runner as well. Uh, and I, yeah, he's going to lead the team in carries, uh, mainly, I think, because Alvin Kamara is likely going to get that suspension and he's going to miss six games. But uh, I would like to believe that the most athletic person out of that backfield is still Alvin Kamara at 27 years old. It's not even close. So when Kamara is back, um, I don't see a world where Jamal Williams is going to be like this every week starter for me anymore. I think Alvin Kamara is too good for them to really lean on Jamal Williams like the Detroit Lions did last year in the red zone. Yeah, and one of the reasons that Alvin Kamara hasn't been good, as good, since Sean Payton left is the targets. And yeah. so Sean Payton's offenses, they typically have – at least 150, 200 targets going to the running back position. And they have at least one running back that's got 80 or 90 targets. That's not been the case. Um, this year, they got some, you know, about 100 targets going to the running back position. Just not enough. Um, but if Alvin Kamara played more games, maybe that goes up. Well, 52 targets through 10 games, that's a good number. That's a really solid number, and it's good to see that because when you think about Derek Carr with Josh Jacobs last year, before they before they benched Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs was getting four, five, six targets a game. Uh, and I think you're going to see much of the same with Alvin Kamara here, especially with, you know, Alave being the only real pass catcher. You know, we hope Michael Thomas can come back, but there's no guarantee there. The only real pass catcher being Chris Alave out of, out of you know, the wide receiver room, so. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I know you like Rashid Shaheed. I get it. I know. Had a, a quietly had a very good rookie season last year. Um, Rashid Shaheed. Uh, Michael Thomas is there. Traquan Smith. Somebody out there is still waiting for his breakout. 
Um, sorry, buddy. <laughs> little, uh, we need a frozen uh, soundbite. Nice. Let it go, man. Let it go. Uh, but Chris Olave, uh, we had someone in the chat last week, and they said Chris Olave was extremely inconsistent. And, I mean, he had the concussion. He got hurt scoring a touchdown. I mean, this dude flat out balled out last year, had a great rookie season. But because he didn't, you know, wasn't top 12 every week, he wasn't good enough. He had 1,000 yards as a rookie. Um, and, and he got better and better every week. And with inconsistent quarterback play, Taysom Hill at quarterback, Andy Dalton, I think Trevor Simeon might have played a little bit. I mean, it was just a cast of, you know, it was not a – it was not a uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow combination. And so uh, I think Olave gets a quarterback upgrade here. And I think second year, you're going to see a, a solid production out of him. Wide receiver 17, I think, is solid. I think he can, I think that's, there's a range of outcomes where he's in the top 12. And I think there's a range of outcomes where he's closer to 24. And so this is right, right in the middle. Um, it really depends on how. Um, involved Michael Thomas's. Yeah, yeah, I I love Chris Lave, and I, I think. Would you rather have Lave or Wilson? Both coming out had great, great rookie seasons. Which which is your preference out of the two right now? Wilson. See, I I don't. I think I'd want Chris Lave, and I I may is it the quarterback? Is it Aaron Rodgers, or is it you just think Garrett Wilson is the the better prospect and the better player right now? Yeah, Wilson's a better prospect for me. Man. And so I, I had it that way coming out. Yeah. It's the same way. I, they're both good players. Um, I think Olave is a solid number two. I think, I think Wilson's a one. Oh, man. I Yeah. So I'm on the other side of that coin. I think Olave is who I would prefer to have right now. And he, I mean, he had the better rookie season, but he, all, and they both had kind of similar situations a revolving door at the quarterback position a team that was underperforming and here is Alave getting a thousand yards and Garrett Wilson you know did his thing don't get me wrong I'm not I'm not downplaying Garrett Wilson's rookie season by any shape of the imagination uh but I just I really like Alave's game he's a little bit more that style that I really like he'll go up and get the ball um he'll high point balls he can get open also I just I really like him to be an alpha guy. Um, not that Garrett Wilson can be, but I just I just like his skill set a whole lot right now. Um, we'll, ha- we'll have to run that one on Twitter. I know that I'll probably uh, get a lot of votes on Garrett yeah. Wilson. Yeah, you'll win. Be a good discussion for people to have. Um, you know, for me, if they're not far apart. Yeah. So that's I don't want to put it out there that I like think Chris Olave is 17. I think I think they're uh wide receiver six and wide receiver like 11 in my dynasty actually dynasty rankings, yeah yeah so yeah six- this 17 is definitely just this year and it kind of makes sense with what you expect this team to do and what you expect out of Derek Carr and, and the offense so what yeah. are your thoughts here on the defense on the defense the tight ends Juwan Johnson was interesting last year I think if you had him in your you know last pick in best ball or something that would have been great he had, you know, he had as many wide uh, tight end one finishes as anybody not named Travis Kelsey. This guy had some big weeks, but he also only had a few of them. It was, you know, two touchdowns here, two touchdowns there, um, then one big play. But Jawan Johnson, he stays with the team. They did add Foster Moreau in free agency. Um, what are your thoughts here? A lot of people are pointing to the fact that Derek Carr has targeted tight ends in the past, and Juwan Johnson is tight end 16 in DLF ADP. Yeah, so this is a guy I'm looking when I'm doing dynasty trades. If the if the team I'm trying to trade with um, has Juwan Johnson and we're a little off, I'm going to try to get Juwan Johnson in that deal. Mainly because I outside of Olave, like I said, for those first six games, assuming Alvin Kamara ends up with a suspension, Who's going to catch the ball, right? Michael Thomas hasn't played in two years, basically. Like, do we really expect him to come back and see 100 targets and play, uh, you know, three quarters of a season? I I just – I struggle seeing that out of a 30-year-old wide receiver. 
And with the affinity, like you said, that Derek Carr has for the tight end position, you could see a five or six game stretch where Jawan Johnson is pretty productive. And then I'm smashing the sell button before Alvin Kamara comes back, because I do think those targets are going away about the midpoint when Kamara does come back. Uh, so that would be, that's kind of my mindset with Jawan Johnson. He's not a long-term fantasy asset for me or dynasty asset, but he is a guy that I think you can get right now. That's going to see a little bit of a value uptick in the first half of the season. And then that sell point needs to be before all of this stuff about Alvin Kamara is coming back. So maybe week four, you hope you get a couple good weeks out of Jawan Johnson week four, you put him on the trade block and you move him before everybody starts talking. Oh, Kamara's coming back in a couple weeks. And that start, that starts to kind of tip his, his uh, value back down. Yeah. And you know, don't get me wrong. It, you get, you can't be too picky when it comes to tight ends. And yep. so if you have Jawan Johnson on your team, he's most likely not your starter. And so you could easily trade him off and do that because they have some value because there's just not many. Yep. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, if you do have him and he's your second, he's your only depth, you might have to just stick it out because it's just rough out there. <laughs> yes, it is. And every season we look at the preseason and we go, man, tight ends might be okay this year. And then by week three or four, you're like, yeah, yeah. Man, the tight end position sucks this year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> all it takes is one or two injuries, and you got nobody. It's like Travis Kelsey and nobody. So let's look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who that's a team. You lose Tom Brady, and it's going to affect your franchise. And Tom Brady, at 45 years old, 100%, was the best player on the team. This guy was, he somehow came out on left on top and he played longer than anyone ever expected him to. He's just absolute, absolute, absolute freak. And so they get Baker Mayfield and Kyler and, and Kyle Trask. Baker Mayfield gets to fill the shoes of Tom Brady. And that's not, not an enviable position. Um, I'm not going to take a couple low lights off of training camp and blow it out of proportion, but there has been some low lights coming out of, of training camp that this is uh, it's not looking good out there. And so um, Mike Clay is not too excited. He's splitting the 10 and 7 as far as the games, 32 and 33. I mean, this team could be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. What are, you, what are your thoughts? I'm a Baker Mayfield truther. I, I've loved him ever since he was coming out. Now, I am a Cleveland Browns fan. I do think I'd, I'm not crazy about the situation that they put him in last year. But that's all in the past. I do think he is clearly the better quarterback out of him and Kyle Trask. I don't even think it's close. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield plays the whole season uh, and is a serviceable enough quarterback. I think you're looking in that low-end QB2 range 20 to 24 would be where I think he ends up just because he does end up playing a full season not because he's he's great in the 10 games that he plays here in Mike Clay's projection so I do I do think he's the guy week one and, and ends up staying that way throughout the season because even yeah, if he's underperforming do that do they move to Kyle Trask halfway in the season to see what they got no, they're not. There's no reason to do that because they're going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes if they're doing that. So they're just going to roll with Baker Mayfield and go. Well, I mean, the Eagles saw what they got in Nate Sudfeld over Jalen Hurts because they wanted a better draft pick. So if they think Baker Mayfield is is very uh, fair, very fair, giving them a little bit better chance of winning. Um, and just going back to the whole, like, this is why, you know, I, I have problems with the word truther. I mean, you're just, you're just holding on to that hope, Brad. Holding on to that hope. He's the best He's the best dude on the roster, period. It's, I know, but a, a Baker Mayfield truther is a supporter of I Baker Mayfield and is someone that is, is struggling to see the truth. <laughs> that this guy's on his fourth team in one year. <laughs> Fair like, enough. Is that correct? Four teams in one year? Uh, correct, yeah. Yeah, he was in the Browns. Cleveland, team. Carolina, L.A., and now Tampa Bay. So, um, I, I mean, he's got a lot of cool jerseys. Um, so, Rashad White, I just picked him up in my uh, Scott Fishbowl, 
And so um, I also talked about him on Monday as far as being a sell candidate. I think he's going to be good this year. And I think he's got some short-term value because there's nothing on this, this in this backfield unless they were to re-sign Leonard Fournette or do something. But even with Fournette there, I wouldn't be worried about it. One thing Rashad White has is his passing ability. He's converted receiver. He's very fluid in the passing game. And he's good after the catch. And that ages well. And so, and and you're looking at a team that's probably going to be playing from behind quite a bit. And so I love that Todd Bowles came out and said they see him as a three-down back. And so running back 19, I, I like that. I think it's a bad offense, so it's hard for me to see him get up in the top 12. But um, if he gets this kind of volume, 260 you know, touches, it's pretty solid. Yeah, I'm selling him. Uh, his his price is just peaked right now, and I don't I don't see it getting any higher. I just I just don't see the long term value in him. Would you rather have Rashad White or Deontay Johnson? Yeah, probably Deontay Johnson. Um, Would you rather Rashad White or DeAndre Swift? Yeah, and so I mean, probably probably DeAndre Swift, and just kind of the conversation we had the other day. Just because Rashad White's 23 doesn't mean he's going to have a seven-year career. Yep. yep. Um, so you're about Rashad White versus Alexander Madison. Well, I, I mean, I'm just looking at trades. There's two here, Rashad White for a, tw- uh, a first-round pick. Like, I'm taking the first. Uh, Rashad White or Terry McLaurin. I'm leaning Terry McLaurin. Um, I, I just I, – his price is too high for me right now based on – and I get it. You got to project and it's dynasty and you want to buy low, but you didn't have a buy low opportunity here really. Um, and I think his value is just crazy high right now. And I, I'm going to move before because this team is not going most likely not going to be good, even though they've got two great pass catchers at the wide receiver position. I just, I just don't know that the volume is going to be there. I don't know that the scoring opportunity is going to be there. Uh, and long-term, I just think he's replaceable, to be honest. Yeah, he doesn't have the high draft capital, and yeah. so that's where, um, I, I mean, if, if you need a short-term option, I think he's going to be good. But to our point on Monday, you could have a short-term option like an Aaron Jones or or like a Derrick Henry that could give you one year of solid production, and their values may not be wildly different next year. Yep. The idea is, is that his value is going to be better than those guys next year. And we just don't know that can't predict the future. And on a team that, you know, could have a new head coach next year after being really, really bad, could see a whole lot of changes. He doesn't have a whole lot of draft capital. Here's where I think we, you know, we're going to get interesting because I don't know what your thoughts here on the receivers. What do you think about Mike Evans? Wide receiver, 20, 73 receptions, 1,000 yards again, five touchdowns. Uh, I don't see it. I don't. I think his 1,000-yard season streak ends. Um, I just – Baker Mayfield is not this great downfield thrower. He, he's – you know, he's known, quote unquote, for his his short and mid, you know, mid throw accuracy. And that is Chris Godwin. And I see that we, you know, they're projected for the same amount of targets. I just don't think that's going to be the case either. I think Chris Godwin's going to lead this team in targets uh, and receptions and yardage and touchdowns. Uh, and he is if if the truth here is now I know this is a one year projection, but, you know, if I think dynasty they're roughly the same age. I think Mike Evans is a year older than Godwin, maybe two. Godwin's 27, I know. He is two years older. Um, I think so. Yeah, I, I just – I I worry about Mike Evans, and his value right now kind of shows that. Um, because while, yeah, he's 29 years old, let's look at a few trades for Mike Evans real quick and kind of prove my – what, what I'm talking about here, because if I'm looking at Mike Williams, 
or I'm sorry, Mike Evans or a 2022 second, early second, or uh, yeah, the 203. I'm probably like, I'm going to get Mike Evans at that price, but am I happy about it? Probably not. Like, you're not, the value is so low on him right now. Maybe, maybe I'm talking myself into buying Mike Evans now for the 203. Like, especially in this draft. I just flip flopped on you, Dave. He's a buy. Go get him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's, here's my thing. Last year, I had the most Mike Evans that I ever had. And he was very inconsistent. And he's, you know, he's had that thousand yards every year. But it's like, I saw a post on, on Reddit and it had, you know, it showed a comparison of three different players and it had their end of season totals. And the guy got ripped apart because you don't use end of season totals to talk about, because it's not apples to apples. This guy played 13 games. This guy played 15 games. This guy played 17 games. The guy with 17 games had more yards. No crap. Like that's going to happen. But who had more points per game? Who was more efficient? Who was more consistent? Mike Evans, he was really bad last year. And my my concern is less Mike Evans, more Baker Mayfield. We saw with Odell Beckham Jr. I, I mean, I would never wish anything bad on, on your Cleveland Browns. But there was so many people talking so much trash about Eli Manning and how Baker Mayfield was going to unleash Odo Beckham Jr. And Odo Beckham Jr., who was on pace for 1,800 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns every year with Eli Manning, was going to be better. And I'm like, are you drunk? There's no way he's going to be that much better. Like, he could be better. I think Baker Mayfield, that that point in his career, could have been better than Eli. But, like, it's not going to be that crazy. And it was worse, and it was pretty bad. But Jarvis Landry was great. And so I think Chris Godwin's the buy. Mike Evans, I don't know if you can sell him. He's probably a hold. Yeah, I, I get it. And I, I said that earlier. I think Chris Godwin is the better option out of these two. But there is a difference between the Odell Beckham situation and the Mike Evans. Mike Evans is established in this offense. Odell Beckham, if you go and read about that situation a little bit, Odell Beckham coming into a new offense – was just running his own shit. He wasn't even running routes that he was supposed to. He was deciding what he was going to do, and they just weren't on the same page. Now, that could happen here, but Mike Evans being established in this, I just think it's a different situation. And when I see Mike Evans for the 203, Mike Evans for the uh, 215, Mike Evans for Rashad Bateman, maybe not, Mike Evans for A.J. Dillon, Mike Evans for David Njoku, Mike Evans for Alvin Kamara. Like I'm probably taking the Evans side on all of those. So if you can get him at that value, then I think it's worth a, a shot in a dynasty league. But I just, I would not have thought that that was what his cost was. I wouldn't have thought it was that suppressed just yet. Yeah. And how interesting this division has a new quarterback on every single team. A new starting quarterback. So to recap their draft, they took Elijah Cansey at pick 14. Cody, Cody, definitely a fan favorite, Cody Mount um, at guard from North Dakota State. Yaya Diaby, the edge out of Louisville. And they had Servasier Sir Dennis, one of the best names in college football, from Pitt, Hale Pitt. Payne Durham, tight end out of Purdue. Josh Hayes, corner. Trey Palmer, speedy receiver out of Nebraska. Jose Ramirez, he was a nice pick. That was someone that Dale Jeremiah had as like his like day three guy. And nice. so I'm excited to watch Ramirez play. I've obviously never seen him play, but Dale Jeremiah is my guy. So I am excited. And let's look at their offseason. Their offseason, they, of course, added Baker Mayfield, Chase Edmonds, Matt Filer, Greg Gaines, and uh, Chase McLaughlin and Ryan Neal safety. So I'll ask about Russell Gage anything. No, no, I, I don't know that Baker is going to be able to support two, three wide receivers and Rashad White. So, no, I'm, I'm out on Gage. 
So Sean Tucker and Rakim Jarrett both are on the uh, UDFA list, which quickly became one of my favorites um, because you know, just we we were fans of them before the you know, before this, but they both landed at Tampa. It's going to be a tough road for them. I don't even see Rakim Jarrett on the depth chart currently. But what are your thoughts here about Russell Gage or anyone after Chris Godwin? Nothing on the receivers? No, I mean, you kind of led me into it a little bit, so I got I to talk about it. I think Rakim Jarrett is definitely – you go in, you've already had your rookie draft, or maybe you're getting ready to. He most likely is going to be an undrafted rookie in your league. So go – Stash him in your taxi squad. If you think about what this team, okay, Devin Tompkins and David Moore, that's who he's got to beat out. Him and Sean Tucker both got guaranteed UDFA contracts. They're, they have a, I don't want to say a fast track, but there is definitely a potential that both of them make this roster. Uh, and if they do, if Rakim Jarrett does, Russell Gage could be gone next year. They may not re-sign him. So now you're looking at, well, Chris Godwin's on a one-year deal. Or no, it, it, he got signed. Never mind. Chris Godwin got, got signed. Um, so he may end up being – he could find himself into that third wide receiver position. And that's what you're looking for in those third, fourth round, and undrafted guys is who has the opportunity for playing time coupled with we watched film and said, ooh, we really kind of like the skill set of this guy and think he could do something. So – and for me, Rakim Jarrett was definitely one of those guys, the later round guys that I was very high on. Uh, so he's definitely a guy I'd be looking at stashing and have looked at stashing in my dynasty leagues. But David Moore, Devin Tompkins, zero interest right now. Kate Otten. So Kate Otten got a little interesting last year near the you know, middle of the season, faded off. Um, no more Tom Brady. Baker Mayfield, he's targeted tight ends before. They do, you know, he likes – he really does, you know, that the middle of the field and the, the lower, the shorter intermediate throws is where he thrives. And the tight ends occupy that side of the field. Kate Otten's there, and he's pretty cheap in your dynasty leagues. Is is he someone that you're, you're stashing? Not any more than I would Juwan Johnson, right? Um, I just think there's so much volatility with this team uh, that, is he going to be there or going to be the tight end one there next year? Right. Maybe, maybe not. Who who knows? Because they may be looking at new quarterbacks. They may be looking at new running backs. It may be a whole new offense come next season. So uh, while I do agree that he could have some spike weeks just because of how Baker Mayfield plays uh, and what we saw from Kate Otten last year in this exact same offense, I don't think he's a long-term option by any shape of yeah, and I will say this, talking about like a sneaky stash, Payne Durham is another sneaky stash. He's very productive college college tight end. And you look at this, you know, roster, this I, I think this roster is gonna have a new quarterback, a new coach, and a lot of turnover in the next year or two. And and what happens, you see the roster turned over. And so this is this is a year where they're figuring out who's gonna be on their future rosters. So that's the NFC South, not the NFC West. Brad, anything before we go? No, nah, man, I'm good. How, how far along are you in the Scott Fishbowl? Uh, I think we're in round eight now. Okay, nice. We're in the seventh. Uh, I, and, hey, I got to take my guy, DeAndre Swift, in the seventh. I was, I was happy with that. So my uh, first NFC player believe it or not I have six straight AFC players in the first six rounds so well I'm thinking of doing uh, I, now that I got my team I was waiting to put my team together before I I try to get my avi and so I think I'm gonna do an anime Joe Burrow with some ramen because <laughs> I, love I, it. I wasn't super psyched about the ramen division I got a buddy JJ shout out He's in the division, so I was like, I'm just going to go in because of him. Nice. Ramen isn't as exciting as some of the other stuff. But I'm going I'm to I'm do that. I'm see if I, I like can pull it. that off. So, uh, yeah, my pick is up in six. The last guy is off the board. Yeah, we're still in the seventh, 7-12. All right. But Javante Williams just went off the board, Mike Williams and Brandon Ayuk. So, I'm looking, I'm looking at running back for my next pick, and I'm – 
Actually, I'm looking at running back. I'm looking at receiver. And so um, I took running back last round. I will think about Dalvin Cook if he's still on the board. I think based on ADP, that'd be a good good pick. Um, plus, I got, you know, got to make sure Josh Jacobs doesn't play week one. But I'm looking at um, Chris Godwin, Michael Pittman, Deontay Johnson. And is Amari Cooper still on the board? And DeAndre Hopkins are potential picks next round. Nice. Nice. That's that's pretty pretty close to where we're at 709 right now. Um so there's there's a little too much for me to be able to really see where I'm gonna be, but that Deontay Johnson may be kind of the realm of possibility there. Um uh, for me at the wide receiver position, I, I'm kind of hoping David Montgomery falls to me in the eighth and, and I'll, I'll snatch him up, but we'll kind of see because there are, this, this draft has been fairly unpredictable. I got quite a few teams that um, have no wide receivers, basically uh, quite a few teams that still have one quarterback. So like I said, it's, I'm, I'm hoping that value, you know, we see some of that, you know, guys start to take those quarterbacks and those wide receivers, and it pushes some of that running back value down a little bit again. Yeah, I was hoping to get Amari Cooper with my next pick, but he he didn't even come close. Yeah, I got him in the sixth. Yeah, he, Six he went seven. I took him. He went there uh, at at the six twelve for us. Yep. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I'm gonna have to go probably a third a third receiver with I got AJ Brown, not AJ Brown. I got CD Lamb. And um, who, who else? My other, I, I got C.D. Lamb, and who's my other receiver? Keenan Allen. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I got Feeling I got pretty good. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Amari Cooper at wide receiver. Yeah, that's that's a squad. Yeah, and then Najee, J.K. and Swift is my running backs, and then Trevor Lawrence is my QB right now. And so no no QB2 yet? No QB2 yet. Derek Carr got taken, uh, and I so I passed on him. So now I'm just going to punt that shit, and we'll we'll see. Kenny Pickett or Mac Jones may be my QB2 here, so we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, my vote would go Kenny Pickett in that yeah, situation. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm kind of leaning. Um, or just hold out plays Mr. Itself out. Mr. Brock Purdy. <laughs> yeah. um, 202. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. All right, man. I'll see you. All right. See you guys.